G'day, May 40 here. So the least popular idea that I've shared with people, I think, in the last six months is from the moral philosopher John M. Doris, who published an influential book in 2002, Lack of Character, about morality and personality. And so he made the point that many sociologists have made that there's no true self because who we are depends on circumstance. Like who I, who I am is very different now standing at the beach than if I were in a synagogue or a church, God forbid, or a mosque or, or a bar. And who I am talking to you know, one person is very different than who I am talking to someone else. And often the architecture that we step into will have more effect on how we behave than any personality trait. So for example, you step into a church or any particularly awe-inspiring architecture or maybe even some awe-inspiring natural place like Yosemite, that that will have more of an effect on how you, you, you speak and behave than any supposed inherent uh, personality trait. Yeah, so place and situation often has far more to do with how we behave than any essential trait of ourselves. And so the sociologists and, and moral philosophers like John M. Doris make the point that there's no true self because who we are uh, varies depending on the circumstance and nobody I don't think anybody I've shared this with has enjoyed that perspective like everyone has wanted to argue that they, they have a true self so many people want to argue to me that they're honest and so in every situation they see themselves as, as behaving honestly and uh, yeah everyone I talk to about this idea wants to believe that there's an essential self but we are so profoundly changed by circumstance. Like if I fell and you know, broke my back right now, you know, that would have a profound effect on me. If I you know, got married next week, that, that would have a profound effect on me. If I, if I married someone with kids in three months, that would have a, a profound effect on me. Uh, like the offices that I step into, or the bars that I go to, or the the sports clubs that I join, or the people that I hang out with, the situations that I place myself in, right? they shape me. Right? There's no true Luke, and virtually nobody that I share this perspective with wants to buy it. Like, it seems like everyone wants to believe that there's an essential self. And one way that we do this is that we justify our own behavior and speech and we justify the behavior and speech of people who we think we know so that when people act incongruously you know, completely outside of the way that we understand them we justify what they're doing so that we can keep our image of them and when we behave in, in ways that we, we don't want to face up to we, we justify it and we say oh you know, we were motivated to do the right thing. It's just that, you know, someone else was a jerk to us. So I think the sociologists are right. There is no true self. And it's fascinating to me that, that nobody wants to buy that. Like, everyone wants to believe that there's this pristine self, that there's this essential self. Just like people want to believe that there's an essential quality to being Jewish or black or, or Muslim or Christian or Japanese. And... There's not, right? There's no essential quality that all Japanese or most Japanese or Jews or Christians or Muslims hold. That uh, 
Christians and Jews and Muslims in different circumstances behave and conduct themselves completely differently. And I don't think there are many, uh, if any, Muslim terrorists from, from Southeast Asia, for example. Uh, there's virtually nothing that, that all Jews have in common. Uh, they don't even speak the same language. Uh, most Jews aren't observant or, or religious or feel any particular fealty to Torah. Uh, most Christians, their behavior is indistinguishable from the non-Christians around them. So people want to believe in essentialism. That there's an essential quality to being black or Jewish or Christian. That there's an essential quality to, to themselves and to other people and to their friends and family. That so-and-so is outgoing and so-and-so is confident. Well, the, the so-called confident person has just been in a lot of situations that have given him reason to be confident. But if he goes into a series of situations that destroy his confidence, he's not going to be such a confident person anymore. The, the happy, outgoing person that you want to describe as essentially happy and outgoing, that's the product of a series of situations that encouraged them or brought out the happy, outgoing side of themselves. That you put them in a series of different situations where they're unhappy and introverted, right? That, that essential you know, personality, that essential self that you think that they have won't be there anymore. So... I'm a very different person when I have a secure income, right? When, when, I have a, when I can count on having a certain number of clients or a certain you know, amount of money coming into my bank account every, every two weeks. I'm a very different person than when my bank accounts stay steadily dropping and I have no immediate prospect of, of shoring up my you know, financial downturn. Right? And I think most guys are like that, right? They don't have a job or they don't have a solid earner. It's going to undercut their confidence. So when I've had you know financial problems, I've you know, at times I've largely quit live streaming because I just didn't have the confidence to live stream. When I was carrying over fifty thousand dollars in debt and struggling with, with my income, I did virtually no videos between say 2012 and and 2014 because I just didn't have the confidence to to do them to to speak out. If uh, if you go into a synagogue or a church and, and hardly anyone talks to you beyond what's pro forma, that's going to take a big toll on your confidence. And you're going to carry that lack of confidence out with you. On the other hand, if you go into a synagogue or a church or a mosque and you're outgoing and you engage people and you make deliberate efforts to be of service, you might collect the, the sidurim or the chumashim, uh, you make, you know, help set up uh, chairs, you may help uh, clean up after, after a communal meal or after a mess or you might help someone in a wheelchair or once you make an effort to get engaged and start contributing to the community then that will bound you, bind you to other people you'll start to connect and that will bring out a very different side of your personality than if you just sit back and you're passive and you just wonder like, you know, why is no one talking to me, why is no one connecting with me does anyone care about me Right? Those times when I feel like, oh, does anyone care about me? Well, my therapist is right. Do I care about anyone? And, and what steps can I take to actively do some, some acts of, of loving kindness to you know, be a service to other people, get outside myself? So the other night, I admit, I was feeling lonely. And I was feeling out of sorts, and I felt like, damn, my... My soul is still in lockdown. 
I, I felt like, oh damn, my, my soul's been in lockdown pretty much my my entire life with just, you know, some some streaks of, of you know coming out of lockdown. And but I got out of it by returning to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, returning to the twelve step perspective of being of service to other people. And when I thought about, okay, how can I how can I be kind to someone? How can I be helpful to someone? How can how can I extend myself to other people? Where can I be useful? Where can I where can I volunteer? Where can I do something for somebody else? Then I came out of that funk. I, I didn't feel lonely. I felt connected, even though I wasn't around anyone. It was just a state in my head that I was thinking about, and I changed the perspective from you know thinking about wow, I feel lonely. I feel disconnected. I feel like my my soul's still in lockdown. You know, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, why am I wasting my life? You know, why am I taking you know, so many easy shortcuts towards isolation when I should be you know, getting out there and building bonds with people? In that perspective, I just went down. But when I just simply changed my thinking to, okay, where can I be useful? Where can I help out? Where can I be of service to others? You know, what, can I, what can I give? What can I contribute to the community and to my, to my friends and just that, that change in the mindset and the, the bad feelings went away.